I'm here with, uh, I, I always start with, hey, it's Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. I don't know why that's significant, but I always feel like I'm a journalist or something reporting the news. I always feel like I should mark the, the date and time that I'm doing this. Um, it's Tuesday night, 8.30 my time, 9, 9.30 Carson's time. Um, I'm here with, with Carson Wallace. Uh, Carson's in his senior year at, at, at Florida Southern. Um, I was trying to remember back when you and I first met, it's, it's been a while. I mean, I, I, I've, you know, yeah, obviously I know, I know your dad, right. And, and, and I know your family and, you know, uh, the, the one thing I remember was, was, uh, was you and Brett and Dylan all carpooling. <laughs> I think it was your yeah. sophomore year at Houston Christian, right? <laughs> so that's, oh, yeah. For some reason that, that stuck in my brain when, when I was talking about this, right. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you. You know, before I started recording, you know, we were kind of talking about what, what what's cool is, uh, you know, your, your career that you had here in Houston, all the different coaching that you got. You got a ton of coaching here in Houston and in Texas, right? And then, you know, excited to to learn how all that played into right your your college career. Um, you know, and I've been pretty, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably a little biased just because I know know you know know you a little bit, know your family, but. Um, I think I've, I've been pretty vocal. You know, my humble opinion, you coming out of high school here in town, I, I thought you were a way underrated player, a way under-recruited player. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching you in high school. I thought you were underutilized in high school. And I'm, I'm super pumped to, to see you play in college. I think it was last season when I saw a clip of you just nailing a corner, right? I kind of made the rounds on social yeah. media, and the best part was that oh, yeah. was your teammate in the background, right? Um, and I, man, when I saw yeah. that, I was like, man, that, that's just awesome. I'm excited to see uh, to see Carson and, and and to see the Wallaces right out there representing Texas like that. That was that was awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, for my money, um, man, super underrated player coming out of high school, man. So yeah, congratulations on everything you've accomplished. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. The so let's start with with where you started. Um, you're you're a Texas kid, right? You grew up here. You grew up in in this part of town. So you know, how did you find lacrosse here in Houston and here in Texas? Where did it first start for you? Uh, lacrosse specifically, you cut out there a little bit. Yeah, where where how did you come to lacrosse? you know, initially, right? Where did you start? What age were you? How did you start? Was it a, was it an organized team or was it just, you know, pickup games? How, how did it all start for you? Yeah. So originally when I started, I was probably in, I started when I was in third grade and kind of the reason that I started was because my mom wouldn't let me play football. Right. So <laughs> me and my dad were, were leaving a flag football practice at Goodson middle school. And there was the, the Iron Eagles were playing on their football field there. I was like, Dad, what's that? He was like, oh, that's lacrosse or something. I don't know what it is, whatever. So I went back and I asked my mom, I was like, hey, like, could I go maybe like watch a practice and see what this is like? And she ended up saying yeah. So we went and watched. And then that's kind of how I ended up signing up. I quit baseball. I quit soccer. And then that's just kind of how it all started for me. Were you still playing? So you weren't playing any other sport at that point. It was just lacrosse. Is that correct? It was... It was, I was doing flag football, soccer, and baseball. Oh, okay. But so then you were trying to, at that then, point, you were balancing all those sports and lacrosse? 
Yeah, and then once I started playing lacrosse, it like slowly started phasing other sports out. I phased baseball out, and I phased soccer out, and then eventually my mom did end up letting me play football. So, so yeah. So finally. that that third grade year was that with, um, I guess at the time it was the Iron Eagles. Maybe is is that who you? you yeah, you, Coach you, Jeremy. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, so I was, and it wasn't even the Iron Eagles back then. Back then, the elementary school team was the Iron Lions. So I heard, so. I, heard uh, I think Taylor Brooks told me the story behind Iron Eagles because I think he was around back then maybe when, when, when the, somehow in some capacity when the Iron Eagles were formed. So back then they were called the Iron Lions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, back then, back then it was the elementary school kids were the Iron Lions, middle school kids were Iron Eagles, and then the high school kids were Iron Men. Oh, all right. Cool, cool. And yeah. so... You said you started in third grade. Did you did you play with them, you know, on through seventh grade, or, or how long did you stay with that organization? Yeah, so I stayed with them till about, I think, I can't remember if it was my fifth or sixth grade year. And then at that point, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to go to Cy Woods or any of the Cypress High Schools out there. That I was probably going to end up going to Houston Christian because I ended up liking lacrosse and thought that it gave me a better opportunity to go play in college. So at that point, there were a bunch of kids that I went to middle school with, like um, Laley, Clayton Koenig, Luke Davies, Alec Del Soda, and those kids. And we all ended up making a team called the Outlaws. And then so that was kind of a lot of the kids that ended up going to all the private schools around Houston. So, I mean, we, we had kids that went to St. John's, Episcopal, Kincaid, Strake Jesuit, St. Thomas, all those schools. So I'm, in, I'm, I'm curious now that, I mean, we said you're, you know, you're, you're a senior playing in college. So, you, you, man, you've got a long career and a lot of lacrosse history to reflect back on, right? And you've accumulated a lot of lacrosse knowledge. Those third through sixth grade years, right, when you were playing with the, the Iron Lions, I guess maybe the Iron Eagles, or maybe I've lost track of the names there. Um, you know, what, what was the quality of the coaching when, when, you, were, when you were at that, those early ages I mean, did you did you find yourself thinking, man, these are legitimate lacrosse coaches, and I'm really learning something, or were they dads out there doing their best, or you know, somewhere in between? What what was the quality of the coaching that you received, even at that age? Yeah, I mean, back then it was pretty much strictly to have fun. That's the reason that I did it. And then, so my first coach was Coach Jeremy Jeremy Effinger. I think that's how you say his last name. And then, so from there. From there, I had a couple other coaches that stuck around for a little bit, but I wouldn't say that they were they were like team dads necessarily. There were a couple of them, but our main my main coach back then was Coach Jeremy, and he kind of was just we were all out there to have fun, and then so that kind of like made me jump more into the into the game and just fall in love with it. And then so I'd go out there and play wall ball by myself just because I knew that I wanted to get better, and this is something that I wanted to do for a while. Yeah, and I, and I guess that's why I asked the question, right? Which is, you know, here you are having a successful college career, and you know, the, the focus in those early years was was to have fun, right, and get you engaged and get you coming out and and, and get you excited to play the game. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> necessarily learning all the the ins and outs and the X's and O's of a, of the game in the fourth grade, right? It was really just trying to get you interested. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was trying to get me to figure out how to pass and catch because the first time I stepped on the field. I ran out of the box. I caught a pass from from our goalie, 
I turned around and just got instantly clobbered, just mangled <laughs> on the field. It was awful. It was at the oh, what is that park called? It was at um the Sci Fair Lacrosse Tournament, like one of the really really old ones uh, was at that, Dice like, Park. What's that? I think it was at Dice. Yeah, Dice. Park. Out there off of yeah. uh, I guess that's off Telgi, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you, you you nailed it, right? I mean, here you are having a successful career, and you know, those what was important about those early years was getting engaged and having fun, right? And that's awesome because I, you know, so I, I I bumped into a kid this past weekend at a tournament, and I think he was like in third grade, right? And I made some joke about him having to work on his cardio, right? Or some crack about uh, uh, CrossFit, and this third grade kid says basically told me yeah he he works out at crossfit because you know he's trying to get in shape i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> dude you're in third grade right i don't i think you'll be all right <laughs> that's crazy so third grader doing crossfit yeah so you know i was involved in the outlaws a, a, a little bit right i probably mm-hmm. i mean by that point i think you were already in high school right so maybe tell me a little bit about the, the history of, of how the Outlaws started and some of those players, right, that you, you rattled off, right? There were some pretty good players in that group. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. maybe to know a little bit about their history and, and you know, the role that the Outlaws played in, in, in your history and their history as well. Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much the way that we started was it was all, like I said, those kids I went to middle school with. And then we ended up getting, we ended up getting together and saying, well, we know we're not going to go to public school. We're probably going to end up going to private school. So we might as well just all play together if we're going to probably end up playing together for the next, at that point, it would have been six or seven years. So we kind of formed that team. And then we had, obviously, a lot of those kids that I played with had a lot of connections throughout the city of Houston. And some of those kids were playing on teams that were like, what's the word for it? That they that they knew that like in the same situation that we were that they weren't going to go to that high school but they were their actual high school that they were going to didn't have a younger team per se right so they ended up coming and playing for us which and a lot of some of those kids um, I don't know if they still do this anymore but is is the um, is there is the private like middle school leagues are they still separate from the actual leagues like the one that the Outlaws played in you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so man, that's, like how St. Francis and like those kids. Yeah, yeah, that could, that could be like a, a six hour discussion, man. The, yeah. the so the 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 right? The the governing body for for youth lacrosse yep. has kind of imploded over the last six months. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's so yeah, it's it's more than a little bit of a fractured mess at this point. So uh, attributing any organization to any of it, uh, I think we might be overestimating it, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so it, it's a bit of chaos back, right now. Yeah, back in, but back when when I was in middle school, those private schools were separated from the GHYLA. So actually, a lot of those kids that ended up playing in the private school leagues for teams like St. Francis ended up coming and playing for us, which was pretty cool. So that's kind of how we filled that team, just because they're like, okay, well, if we can't go and play in this league, that's obviously more superior than all than our league where we play the same what six or seven teams right every single every single season so they ended up playing for both of them 
which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What um, what was the? I, I'm trying to remember who some of the outlaw coaches were at, at that point, and I, and I honestly can't tell me a Andy, little bit. Of, it was Andy, um, Julian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone. Well, those that, are the, yeah. Like the, as soon as you mentioned those names, right? I I, I met, immediately remembered who they were. Um, yeah. Andy's still bumping around, so really, yeah, he's okay. still he's still playing for uh, for Tony's. So we, that's all. Yeah, we just wrapped up like a. It was interesting. It was a kind of a a sevens, ish kind of men's league this fall. Uh, I think we had like five or six teams, um, and I saw Andy out there playing for Tony's still. Uh, so he's still yeah he's still bumping around. I don't know if he's coaching anymore anywhere, but I I, I know he's still bumping around town, right? Um, and he was a legit player and Julian was a legit player and Julian was interesting, right? Because I think he had history at Westside, right? Back in the day when, when Westside had yep. a team and he went off and played some legitimate college ball and he, did he play it? I want to say limestone. Is that correct? Limestone. What was it? Yep. Limestone. Yeah. 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 Limestone. So, you know, I, I, I guess by all measures, right. You know, by the time you landed, was that was that sixth or seventh grade with the Outlaws? I believe my seventh grade year was the first year that we did it. Gotcha. So you know, you you, you had, you know, you guys had your claws sunk into a couple of folks who had some experience, right, and could offer some mm-hmm. some legitimate lacrosse experience and some legitimate yeah. some legitimate training to you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Was. You mentioned there were boys on that team that were maybe playing for multiple teams. Is that is that correct? Yeah, what well, they were playing for like their middle school, which was in that private school league back in the day, because they weren't allowed to compete. Right. Or the GH Wiley just wouldn't take them, so they were they played with us too. And then whenever they had school games, they would just and we had like overlapping games and go play for the middle school team. Was that? I mean, thinking back. And then like there was there was that tournament. At, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say like there was a, there was a tournament that we used to play at Houston Christian, which would be like the Outlaws, and then it would be a lot of the like St. John's, St. Francis, um, and a couple and like um, Hornets, Hylax, and then we ended up. <clears throat> so like in those in those situations, we ended up being like really short on guys because they'd have to go play for their teams. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I mean, again, we're talking about seventh graders, right? Did those boys who played for multiple teams and played that much lacrosse during the regular season, did that, did that hurt them or help them or do you, do you neither? I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think it helped them just because that, like I said, like back then, I don't think, well, actually I take that back because back when I was, back when I was in seventh and eighth grade, kids were committing as soon as they were like their first semester of high school before they changed that rule that you couldn't get, that you couldn't like commit until, um, until you're, I think a junior now. Right. But I don't know. I think, yeah, but I think we were mainly just trying to have fun back then. Cause we all knew each other from playing like a, like we were talking about before we started recording, like, Hula, Hula was the first real like um, club team that I ended up playing on over the summer, and that was that was a ton of fun. Coach Donnelly was our coach; it was awesome. Yeah, that's right. 
before we got into started to talk about high school, I wanted to kind of talk back about, you know, maybe the club teams that you were playing with, you know, maybe before yeah. seventh grade or as you were, you know, as you were getting into the outlaws, you know, some of the club teams that were bouncing around Houston back then, who, who were you playing with? Who were your coaches back then in the off season? Yeah. So I started with the first, first summer team I played with was Hula. And I think I played, I think I only went to one or two tournaments with them. And then they kind of dissolved for a little bit, if I remember correctly. And then they kind of came back. And then, so pretty much all through middle school was, because, so I think I've always been really, really young. So I played for like, I played for like a lot of like U13 teams. And then I can't remember what age group we were when we went and played with Hurricanes. But that Hurricanes team that I was on when Coach Browdy was our coach, we, we were really good. Who was... When you when you were at Hula and Hula, I think it, like you said, has resurfaced a couple times and morphed into a, a couple different teams, right? But who was mm-hmm. who was driving Hula back then? Who who was your coach when you when you played at Hula? You remember? Man, I want to say, I want to say it might have been Coach Al. Yeah, if I remember correctly. And I know, I know Coach Donnelly was involved in it. But other than that, no, I don't. Man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> what? So, you know, our, our, you know, you talked about Hooli, you talked about Hurricanes, right? Were those the, 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 primarily, the primary off-season teams that you played with kind of early in your career back then? Or were there others? Yeah, back, yeah, back until I got into um, – Back until I got into high school, yeah, because once I got into high school, I started playing Stick Star, Third Coast, stuff like that. But until then, I think my eighth grade summer, summer of my eighth grade year might have been the first year that I played uh, Dallas Select, Texas United. So what? Yeah, that that was the first year I played that. So then I, my fifth grade summer was when I went to, was when I played for Hula, and then sixth and seventh grade were Hurricanes. So that... You know when you, the the Hula and the the Hurricanes, right? I mean, those are some pretty hefty coaching names, as far as I'm concerned, right here around here, right? Al mm-hmm. and John. You know, the, your 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 previous experience was was with coaches and teams that were more about introducing you to the game and and and, and, and you know making sure you had fun and getting you interested. At that point, where where Al and John, I mean, were they different? Were they a little more focused, and, and, and were they kind of scratching a more competitive itch? Or even coach, those coaches, who were, who were both great coaches at that age, were they still more about getting you engaged, right, and making sure you come back next season? Yeah, I mean, obviously at that point, we were playing. I was playing with kids that weren't just starting off playing lacrosse. They were, they were obviously a little bit more skilled, saying that we had to try out and stuff for that team. But so I think that was probably around the first time when we started putting in, like, I don't want to say totally structured offense, but we would say, hey, we're going to run a 2-3-1, or we're going to run this, or we're going to run that. So I feel like that was kind of probably the beginning of the time when I first got put into somewhat of a structured offense. Right. Was that? Yeah, because a lot of the, a lot of, like, youth stuff back in the day was just, like, run around, whoever's really fast, run by your guy, shoot and score. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Was, I mean... You know, looking back, and again, you've got 
all this experience, you know, this context now, but looking back to that and, and, you know, again, Al and, and John, I mean, was that lost on you at that age or did that level of coaching where they're starting to introduce some offensive concepts at that, at those young ages, I mean, was, was that fruitful? Did it, did it have an impact on you? Did you understand it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Or, or was it just lost on you at that age? I mean, I don't know if I'd say I understood it, but that was more when I was, when I was just worried about if I was going to catch a pass or not. Every time we had to do something with my right hand, I had lost my mind. Kind of freaked out a little bit. But. <laughs> so I'd say the first time the stuff like actually started sticking to me was probably when I started playing Hurricanes. Really? All right. Cool. Yeah, I think so. So, you know, that kind of takes us, you know, up to high school almost, right? You, you mentioned mm-hmm. it sounded like this, the summer of your eighth grade year is when you expanded about out, out beyond just hula and hurricanes, right? So, you know, at this point you're playing with, you know, with Crimmins, right? And you're, and you're playing with outlaws during the regular season, right? So th- you're getting yep. more serious, right, uh, about your lacrosse. I mean, t- tell me a little bit about your experience with, with, with Crimmins, right? And, you know, and also the way that that organization functions, right? So, you know, you're playing with Dallas teams, right? So you're, you're having to get integrated with those Dallas boys and, 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 and the way they organize practices and tryouts is different, right? So maybe, maybe talk about how that changed and, and what that meant. Yeah. So I was actually at the, they do it every single year now, but I was actually at like the first like little combine they did down in Houston. Cause that was like at the beginning of the point when they were starting to, really organized teams that were from Austin that were full of kids that were from Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And so that was hurricanes of structure. But when I, when you get into stick star and we sat down and I'm in my summer of my eighth grade year and we sit down and we get, I got a big Manila pamphlet just, that was just like full of like what like our culture is like, this is how we do, this is what we do. And that was like, I was, that was really eye opening to me because I was like, wow, like I've never had this kind of, this anything really, no, I didn't, I didn't have anything that was even comparable to that. So, so I think it was good for me though, to get introduced to that at an early age. Cause that's how things are for me now. Yeah. So I'm so used to it cause I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. That's cool that you use the, the, the word culture and, and now you can, you can look back and, and, and realize what that was and what they were doing. Right. So, so that was the, that was the, the first time that someone had introduced you know, uh, an, an intentional effort to develop a, a culture for you. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. Do you remember so they were what like, it, this is? They, they kind of said, this is what our program is. This is the players that we want. And if you can't do it, then I don't think you should be a part of this program. And they did that. You said that that was the, the first combine in Houston. So they were doing that right from the get go, correct? Yep. Right from the get go. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. Do you remember what, do you, what, what aspects of that culture do you remember even now? I just, I mean, I just remember them always just being like, they, they emphasize so, so much of like the little things. Like we, we never did line drills. Cause I remember, I remember every single practice, how every single team that I'd ever played with is warmed up is they, we just sit there and do line drills and it just kind of became like mindless at that point. So one thing that we did is we did like triangle passing where we're always moving, moving our feet. And then even, even stuff like where you break out and then like you roll back, 
doing stuff like that. So it was just different. It was, it was, it was almost like a culture shock to me. Cause I was like, I've never, I've never known anything different, but then just kind of standing here running like aimlessly back and forth, throwing the ball to each other. So was, was the, so was the attraction to stick star at that point for you? Was it, you know, an elevated level of lacrosse and better X's and O's or was, or was it that, that cultural aspect that was most attractive to you at that point? Or all I the think above, it was both, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it was I think it was both just because it, it like I don't want to say it felt like I was on a professional team, but at my age I was like, Wow, I've never had anything like this before. Whereas like say for a sport such as like like football, I mean seventh and eighth grade. Seventh seventh and eighth grade they were introducing us to like high school offenses, stuff like that. We'd sit down and watch film every single day. And I'd never watched film really before for lacrosse. Until then, when he when we're pulling up old games from like kids that are three years older than me playing at the, the Denver International Tournament and stuff like that. Oh wow! So they were they were pulling film in, into this as well, right? That's cool. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So who was? Which is, it was just such a, it was just such like a, such a step up from like what I'd been used to, what I'd been accustomed to for so long that it was kind of like this is like the peak, like this is the mecca of like what. I can get to so how for did, club lacrosse for me right now. So how did that, did that prepare you for, so, cause you, you, you got engaged with, with the Crimmins and his organization right before you started high school lacrosse. So did it, mm-hmm. did it prepare you for high school? Were you, Oh yeah. or did you get into high school and were you disappointed and said, man, this is okay, but man, this is this, the stuff that Crimmins and his guys are doing are, are, are you know, exponentially better. I mean, what, how, how did that boundary between what Crimmins had introduced and in, in the beginning of your high school experience look? No, I think that definitely, that definitely prepared me for high school just because it was kind of, I don't want to say it was the same thing, but we were doing the same things in high school. We were watching films. We were drawing out plays. We had an idea of what we wanted to do every time we went on the field. And then we knew that we had to go there and execute it. What was the, at, at Stickstar at that point, right? You, you'd mentioned that that was when they had started to spin up, you know, Houston and Austin and Dallas teams. But I also know you played for the United team at Dallas, right? Which was, they pulled boys from all over. What was the importance of playing high level rec- lacrosse with that culture wrapped around it with boys from other part of the state, right? How, how, what was that piece like? I mean, was that, was that valuable for you as well? Yeah, it was cool. Cause I don't want to say they play a different kind of lacrosse, but I think lacrosse in Dallas is way more developed than it is in Houston, obviously considering that before the Woodlands won, I can't even remember when the last time the state championship trophy was in Houston right? or even Austin for that matter. I mean, I think the last time it was in Austin, well, it was probably St. Mary's Hall. But that's not even in Austin, is it? That's in San Antonio, isn't it? Yeah, so. Maybe. I think I that know. is in San Antonio. <laughs> the, yeah, so, it's just crazy to think. I mean, because I was playing with kids that came from, like, Highland Park, ESD, schools like that, where they just have, like, a culture of winning. And they just emphasize that so much. And I think that it's kind of eye-opening. And also, it was... I played with the same kids for how long? Five years at that point. Seeing like the same faces every single day. 
every single time I go out on the field, like I knew like the kids that I was playing, like I knew their names. So going up there and playing against somebody that I hadn't like even really met before was kind of cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. The What do you attribute? <clears throat> I mean, so, so you mentioned, you know, your experience coming from Houston and playing for stick star, right? That was the first time you were introduced to a, a, a deliberate intentional culture, right? That they were trying to create. But, you know, in your description of the Dallas kids yep. right there, you had mentioned that, man, these Dallas kids, they came from a culture, right? They, they, there, was an, a, there was a culture mm-hmm. in Dallas, right? What do you attribute that culture in Dallas to? Or do you? I, I mean, I, I, I'm you know, throwing it out there like I'm sure you sit around and pontificate about this all day long. But, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, what, what, what do you attribute those boys in Dallas They've already come to the, they're coming to the table with a culture, man. Why, why is that? Why, why do they have that? I don't know. I just kind of, I feel like certain part of the States are different when it comes to certain sports. Like I feel like Dallas kind of has, has already accepted lacrosse more than Houston has. I know just, I mean, obviously Dallas has a pro team and I just think that it actually matters. Like you watch, um, there's a video of Highland Park scoring a game winner, like two or three, not, not even two or three years ago. It might've been last year. And you see like 500 kids still in the field. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember going up there and they had, we had, um, we had one of the stick star combines that was the same weekend as the state championship game. So we went to the state championship game and it was like, I think, I can't even remember who it was, but it was two Dallas teams and the stadium was full. And it's like a high school football stadium that you expect to be packed every single Friday. So I just thought that was cool. I just think they embraced it a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, one of my interviews with, was with uh, Rich Moses, and, I, man, I reference that discussion all the time. That one and David Cohn um, were unbelievable discussions. And, you know, Rich said he, he spends 30% of his time, a third of his time, just doing cultural stuff, right? And that cultural stuff mm-hmm. in the Highland Park organization, he, that gets pushed all the way down. That same cultural message, right, gets pushed all the way down to those youngest kids, right? So... I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. And, I, and this past weekend, I was in Dallas coaching a uh, uh, 28 3D team. So I guess that's 28s or third graders. I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Half the team was from Dallas and half the team was from Houston, right? And, man, those Dallas kids, I mean, honestly, dude, they were just straight up bonkers. And, you know, it, it's, it's you know, just what you described, right? You're, you you see these boys coming from Dallas and they, they clearly, even at that young age, right, they've been, been imbued with that Highland Park culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty incredible. I love your reference to that that video where they're storming the field. That's an awesome video. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Um, so, the once you started playing for, for for Stick Star, were there any other off season teams at that point that you were playing with, or was it was it pretty much all Stick Star from you know from that eighth grade summer on? No, I played on and off with third coast whenever they kind of needed a guy yeah so and i enjoyed doing that too i love playing with third coast with coach turner and centra and god there's definitely one else i'm gonna forget yeah i'm gonna forget people well no third third coast is interesting because it was such a flash in the pan right um yeah you know they only existed for maybe you know three summers something like that maybe um you know, they, they got successful that first year. They they went nuts the second and third year, and then I think maybe there was one more year, and then they, they just kind of disappeared, right? 
but it sounds like most of your focus was was Stickstar, right? Um, yeah. So you were in up through seventh and eighth grade. You were you you were in public school, right? Yes, till high school. So did did lacrosse play any part in that in that high school decision? Did it? Did it open doors for you? Was it the focus of why you wanted to maybe look at private high schools? What 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 look what role did lacrosse play? I mean, it it was it was a big role in it, and I think at that point we were in a good situation where I knew it's not like I was going to a private school that I didn't know anybody at. I think probably most of the, probably I went in with ten to twelve kids that I knew, and most of them that I went to middle school with. Right. So that was that was awesome. And if I didn't go to middle school with them, I'd be playing lacrosse with them since I was fifth grade. So, the do you think lacrosse helped open doors for you at, at, oh, the, yeah, at, at high school, or was it more you were just looking to make sure you got to a high school that a was was a good high school and and, and b had a competitive lacrosse team? It, it sounds like it opened doors, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think I would have gone to private school if it wasn't for lacrosse, to be honest. But at that point, it was like, well, I know I'm going to go. I'm going to get a better education than I would if I went to public school. And I know that I'm going to be on a more competitive team than if I went to public school, too. So it was kind of like the best of both worlds for my situation, specifically. And I was going in with all my best friends, all the kids that I'd hung out with since I was in fifth grade were coming with me. So was there, I mean, due to that, due to the fact that you had, you know, so many boys going with you was that transition from a, a, a you know a public junior high school to a private high school you know was, was that a thing for you or you know just due to the fact that you had all your boys going with you it really wasn't that big of a deal yeah no, it was, it was really obviously i was nervous going into it but once i i got in like a carpool the first day with like five like my best friends so it was like not a big deal we all walked into school together or not even that it wasn't even it wasn't even a carpool on the first day of school. It was two days for football. So before before I even got to school, I had already met a bunch of kids in my grade, a bunch of kids that I would end up playing lacrosse with, which I thought was awesome. So was the you know I think you mentioned that Stick Star helped you know prepared you for high school, right? So you know. So many of the boys, once they get in, jump into high school and play athletics, right? It's a it's a big shock to the system, and there's a big difference. But it sounds like Stickstar prepared you, at least a little bit, right, for that high school experience. I mean, what? Oh yeah. What shocked you immediately from a lacrosse perspective, that 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 freshman year, right? What, what what were you surprised by, not ready for, unprepared to do, right? What 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 got to you initially from a lacrosse perspective? I mean, I was. I think I was probably like 5'10", 150 pounds my freshman year. And there were kids that were just gigantic that I was playing against. And obviously the speed of it, you can never, you can, there's no way that you can get used to going from one age group to another age group without it getting so much faster. Even that's true from jumping from high school to any level of college across. Right. So really the... I mean, obviously, unless you're playing at like say like IMG or the Hill Academy where they scrimmage college teams and beat them. But yeah. So, so. so going into your, to your freshman year, you felt like you were pretty prepared. Yeah. 
Except for the yeah. Except for the fact that you were uh, short and underweight, apparently. Yeah, well, I was <laughs> I was small and slow. <laughs> so was the what was that first season like for you as you went through the season? Right? Did it did it did it meet your expectations? Were you just working hard and sitting on the bench? Were you you starting on JV? Right? What, what, how did that season play out for you? That first season. Yeah, I mean, my freshman year, we were really good at JV. And then, obviously, some of my buddies, they, they played a little bit on varsity. I mean, I think I got in five or six games. I scored one goal my freshman year on varsity. But then on, I mean, on JV, I think I had something like almost 50 points, something around there. So, I mean, like, our JV team was really, really good. I think the only teams we lost to that year were Dallas, Chesawood, and the Woodlands. So... Yeah, and I think you answered my next question right there, which was even at the JV level at Houston Christian at that point, right, you were probably playing more competitive lacrosse even at the JV level than maybe at some of the public schools at the varsity level. Would would, would that be accurate? 100% accurate, I think. And it's crazy to see like how much Houston Christian specifically has fallen off at the JV level. And just all schools like that. I mean, I think my freshman year, our JV team was, could have competed with a lot of varsities. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back. I'm trying to remember who else was on the varsity team at that point at HC. I mean, I think I knew most of the boys in your class who were at the JV level at that point. But the varsity team at that point, your freshman year, was a solid team as well, right? Yeah, we made it to the first round of the playoffs, I want to say. Yeah. I think we ended up losing to, like, Kingwood. So what um, – who were who are the – Or no, that's that's not true. We made it to – we made it past the city. We beat Kingwood. And then we went up to Westwood and played St. March's and lost to them. Gotcha. What year, yeah. what year? And I think they ended up winning that year too. So you graduated in sixteen, right? So this was like Yep. Like thirteen, twelve or thirteen? I get my my numbers mixed up that you were a freshman. Something like that. What um so at that point your freshman year, who was on the coaching staff at Houston Christian? Um, I was coach Laley on varsity and then it was for JV, it was Turner and Brandon. Coach Brandon. Was um, was Marin on the scene yet at Houston Christian at that point or not? Not until my sophomore year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And did the you – know, did, did you feel like that, you know, again, your, your context is not only – you know, the Outlaws, right, and the, and the Iron Lions, and, and, the, and then Stickstar, right? Did you feel like you were still getting the, 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 the level of coaching that you wanted, even at the JV level? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. It was awesome. Gotcha. I mean, Turner had so much experience from playing in college that it was, it was really good for us. And, I mean, Coach Lately was always there coaching us, too. Because we, we, we pretty much practice together. I mean, we break off at the end of practice just to do, like, specific stuff. Play, like, six on six. Like, obviously, we weren't, we weren't going to go against, like, our starting defense as freshmen. And then, 
yeah. I mean, it was good. It was fun. Those those JV practices, those that freshman year. How do you remember those practices being organized? Right. I mean, did did you was your perception that hey, the coaches are meeting and they're organized and they're putting stuff together and you know even more so than than you know maybe your coaches at at uh, you know at the, at the outlaws or at at Stickstar. I mean, did, did you see that? that discipline in the coaching ranks as well, even at that JV level your freshman year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we always had we always had a goal when we wanted to practice, and we always went in trying to get better at something. And most of the time we did it. Start, I'm, I'm, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward to your sophomore year. I probably shouldn't, but Pete, Lay, uh, Pete uh, Marin is one of my favorite characters in lacrosse, so. And I haven't, yep. been, and I haven't been able to get him on here yet, so. <laughs> I, I have to I have to discuss him with everybody else. <laughs> so, I think Pete. I, I wonder if it was your freshman year. I think he may have been coaching with the Outlaws by then, right? Yes, I think he was. And so, your sophomore year, he stepped up to the high school level. And what what was what was his role your sophomore year at Houston Christian? Well, I think I think before he was. Uh, Houston Christian, he was at Seven Lakes. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, he came in. He came in right away and kind of, kind of helped mainly with offense. And then we had Coach Hargrove too, who went straight to defense and helped with that a lot. Yeah. What are the chances of having three coaches all named Pete? Right. Yeah, literally. <laughs> would have thought. You know, I, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I forgot Marin was at Seven Lakes. Do you recall how long he was there? Mm-mm, not at all. Oh man, I, I, I got to piece all that together. The um, what did uh, what did Marin bring to Houston Christian your sophomore year? What was that? What What did Pete Marin? What did What did he bring to you your sophomore year? I mean, what What was his? You know, he He came in as the offensive coordinator, right? But but what was the, what did he bring to you personally? What did he offer you and do for you that sophomore year? Well, I think he kind of took some of the stress off Coach Laley just because now that he had another person that, that – so he wasn't bouncing around saying, like, okay, okay i got to go do offense now, and then, okay, i got to go help the defense now. So I think that was really good for him. And just so that we had people that were specialized in offense and defense. And it was, it was just kind of nice getting input from somebody else, saying, like, what I need to do better. Yeah, because um, I think I think that year I can't because I think my sophomore year I played attack. I want to say that I did, and then the day before we played our first, like not even the day before, like we were we were warming up in in our game before. Um, Memorial day before my junior, like in my junior year, and Coach came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you're gonna play Mitty," and I was like, "All right, whatever." And I went in and I had like three goals and an assist, and then that kind of stuck with me for forever. Yeah, that was the end of that, right? Yeah, that was the end of my <laughs> my long attack career, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my um, I, I'm I'm curious what your experience with was Marin, right? Because my experience with Marin is, you know, he he's such a tremendous like one-on-one teacher of the game right I mean when when I've, I've seen mm-hmm. him be most effective with with boys it's man just working with a kid one-on-one 
you know, probably even outside of practice, right, on his own time. I mean, he's such a great, effective teacher one-on-one with boys. Was that was that your experience with him as well? Oh, yeah, he was a great one-on-one coach. I mean, he has so much experience. I mean, he, he was he was really, really good at the Division One level. And not a lot of – I don't want to say not a lot of coaches in Houston have done that, but they really haven't. Yeah, yeah. Now they're starting to be a lot more. But at, at the time, he was probably one of – maybe five or six. I heard a, I think I heard a, a rumor that you used to do maybe a pretty mean Pete Marin imitation. Is that true? <laughs> I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you're, tell me about your sophomore season at, at Houston Christian. So at that point, had you had you made the move up to varsity, and were you getting legitimate varsity minutes? Were you still back and bouncing back and forth between varsity and JV that sophomore year? Yeah, so my sophomore year, I started pretty much only on varsity, and then I moved down to JV for a little bit, and then came back up towards the end of the year. But I was I was always on I was always on varsity. I just came down to JV for a couple games in the middle of the season. So when you when you dropped down to JV like that, right? I mean, was that a was it was that a hit? Right? For you and your ego? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it was a hit, but at the same time, I was in kind of a slump, so it was nice because I'd go into a JV game and do pretty well, and then I'd go back up and be like, all right, well, I just played a full game, now I'm ready to go again. And we'd just play a JV game, and right after, another varsity game. So, I mean, it it sounds like you you, you took it for what it was, right? Which was ultimately an opportunity for you to get more playing time, right? Exactly, yeah, and it helped me a lot, I think. Like a lot of kids get discouraged when they get moved down or they get bumped, but I mean, if you can't, why would you want to sit on the end of a bench on varsity when you could go play JV? Yeah, and get in the game and get some solid minutes and improve yourself, right? Yeah, for sure. What um, what was the difference for you between your freshman year of high school and your sophomore year of high school, or was there a difference between freshman and sophomore year or sophomore and junior year? Freshman and sophomore. Oh, um, well, I was starting to get at the same time we were we were working out a lot for football, so I think I started to get bigger, faster, stronger, and I think that was one of the main things. So just size. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, ultimately, right? I've never been I've never been ridiculously fast. So after that sophomore year at HC, right? That 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 summer following your sophomore year is is traditionally a pretty big summer as it relates to recruiting and dis- decisions about college and, and and what you want to do and where you want to go, right? So so going into that that summer of your sophomore year, in between your sophomore and junior year, you were still playing with Stick Star, is that correct? Yeah, Stick Star and Third Coast. I did and, both that year. And third Coast, both. And what was the what was the role those two organizations played that summer? I mean, were you were you actively on the recruiting trail? Were you just out playing lacrosse and enjoying yourself? I mean, what what were you trying to accomplish that summer? I mean, well, at that point, I didn't even know if I wanted to play lacrosse in college. I was like, yeah, it's fun, but I don't know if I wanted to do this. So it was kind of it's kind of a little bit of both, I guess. I mean, I got so much better that summer because I was playing lacrosse every single weekend. I mean, it was just, I was just having a blast at it too. I loved doing it. And I'd come back and then I'd go to workouts for football. 
and then at the end of the week I'd just go back and I'd either be practicing or I'd be going to another tournament somewhere. What was the what was the importance of the the co- different coaching styles between Third Coast and Stick Star, right? I mean, did you feel back then at the time it was happening that there's some value here in me seeing, you know, multiple coaching personalities and multiple coaching philosophies? And did you recognize that? Was it important to you at that time? I mean, I don't know if I if I really thought about it as being important. I think Third Coast was more about me going out there and having fun. Third Coast was kind of like do your own thing. Not, I don't want to say do your own thing, but it was like here's what we're gonna run. There's not really any like specific plays that we have. And then you jump over to Stickstar, and it's like, all right, this is like, like I said earlier, it's very structured. Like we're gonna go out here, like we're trying to win. We have the talent on every single one of our teams that we can go out and potentially win. Like I think that might have been the freshman year, my my freshman year summer, but we took the Dallas Select team. We went to UNC and lost and double overtime Braveheart in the championship game to Ridgewood just from New Jersey. I mean, we were going out there and we were competing with tons of teams from all over the country. So there was value. It sounds like there was value in both, right? Because you scratched the, you know, getting out, enjoying playing the game, probably a little more, a little more casual, right? With, with third coast versus, you know, with stick star, it was, it was pretty structured, a little more focused and hardcore. Yeah. Exactly. So even even that after your sophomore year of high school, that, that summer between your sophomore and junior year, you still didn't know if you were going to play lacrosse in college? Uh, so at the beginning, I didn't. At the end, I was like, God, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to see where I can see what I can do. By the end of that summer? Yeah, by the end of that summer. So what, what was the role of... <clears throat> you know, the, the Crimmins and the stick star coaches versus the third coast coaches. I mean, somebody during the course of that summer, right. Had a conversation with you or, or, or talked to you and, you know, got you believing that you could play at the next role, right. Who, you know, who was that and when did it happen? I mean, it was pretty much both. I mean, we all knew pretty much everybody on both teams to go and play somewhere. There wasn't, there wasn't anybody on that team that like never picked up a stick before or just wasn't good enough to be out there competing. So, I mean, and every single day we would, for a stick start, we're going, not every single day, but when we had practice, everybody's going out there and battling in practice, trying to see who's going to go out there and play more at a tournament. So, I mean, and I knew at this point, some of the kids that I were playing with were already committed to go like division one. So I was like, all right, well, if I can hang with these guys, then I can probably go at that point. I mean, I was obviously like, well, I'm still going to try to go like division one. But, and then towards the end of the summer, I was like, all right, well, maybe. Division one isn't my best option because back then kids were committing when they were freshmen. Right. So pretty much my grade by the time I was a junior was already filled up at every single division one school. Oh, wow. Back in the good old days, right? So, yeah. So going into your, your junior year, you, you, you know, before that regular season started at Houston Christian, that junior year, you know, you'd made the decision. It sounds like that you were going to play college lacrosse, right? So, Mm-hmm. How did that making that decision impact your your junior year season at Houston Christian? Mm-hmm. I just think it made me go out there and work harder, honestly, because I knew I'd have to get better. I knew I knew what I had to do to get better. So it honestly, just pushed me to be better in general. 
did it did it change your relationship or your attitude with your with your coaches at all or i mean did it even matter i don't think so i don't really think it matters at all did it change that that decision to play college lacrosse did it change how you approach your schoolwork that junior year at all or was that it was just... uh, i mean i've always kind of approached school the same way i've never been a straight a student but i always try to get my work done so did that even so that decision didn't necessarily impact your schoolwork directly either then no i knew i was gonna have to i knew i'd have to pick it up a little bit but at that point it was like i go back to school and i'm like all right well i need to focus on football now and then as soon as football's over it's like okay well i gotta go on the winter circuit for lacrosse and then as soon as i get back from that i have like a month off and then i'm going straight back to playing the seasonal lacrosse so how did your how did the your junior season at houston christian play out it's pretty good like I said, I went into that first game and they told me I was playing MIDI. And I kind of just went with it the rest of the year. I had a great time doing it. And I think I'm glad I ended up moving to MIDI because I don't think I'd be as good as I am. Or as, as good at midfield, rather. I think I'd be better better off at midfield than I am. would would have been at attack staying down there. Yeah, I think the, the interesting part for me, remembering back and watching you play at that point, was, you know, you, you mentioned early on, especially when you were a freshman, right? You felt you were undersized. If I remember correctly, I think by the time your, your junior year rolled around and you were playing midfield, you were a pretty significant physical presence at that point, yeah? Yeah, I definitely gotten a lot bigger. I was probably sitting around 195, 200 pounds at that point. Yeah, so big difference, big difference for sure. Mm-hmm. How did how did the team do your junior year? My junior year, I think we were just above 500, and I know we didn't make the playoffs that year. Yeah, the only, we made the playoffs my senior year, and then we ended up losing in the first round of Memorial. But so that that junior year, not making the playoffs, that, that was probably the first time in a while that HC hadn't been in the playoffs, wasn't it? Well, my sophomore year was. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, so I made it my freshman year, my senior year. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, I'm taking notes while we're talking. No, you're good. <laughs> so, going into that summer after your junior year, in between your junior and senior year, at that point, I don't, I don't think you had made a decision. You, you knew you were going to play college, but you hadn't made any decisions about where you were going or what you were doing, right? Yeah, no, not yet. So, how did that impact that? I mean, that was, you know, that's your final summer, right, of, of, of playing summer ball. Between junior and senior year? Yeah. Well, between junior and senior year, I had knee surgery, so I didn't even end up playing lacrosse that summer. Really? Yeah. I hurt my knee and football, and I kind of just played through it the entire year, and then during spring football, I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. And I tore tore my meniscus and broke the bone into my kneecap, and I've just been going with it for six, seven months. So how did... I mean, at that point, you, you knew you hadn't you you made a decision you wanted to play, but you hadn't made a decision, you know where, and you know that potentially going into that summer, right? That could have been that could have been big for you, right? I mean, how how did that yeah. how, how did that that injury must have been uh, uh, disappointing <laughs> to say the least, right? I mean, how, I mean, yeah, it was dis- it was disappointing 
And obviously, I was still in my head. I was like, I'm going to go play Division One somewhere. And then at that point, it kind of set in that I was like, all right, well, if I can't go out and play at like these camps, then there's probably not a very high likelihood of me being able to do that. So then at that point, it was kind of like, well, collect your film, send it off to coaches, and just see what you can do. See what you can see what you can get at this point. Yeah. See. That that when I when I did that, it was kind of like, well, all right. So I'm losing essentially what is the biggest recruiting summer for me. So maybe maybe I don't. Maybe I shouldn't play. Maybe I'll just go to state school and just do something there. Maybe I'll play club. And then as the summer rolled around through that summer, and I started getting better because I mean I still missed half my senior season of football because. I got surgery in June. I didn't get back to playing football until I think the end of September, beginning of October. So, but then just like being able to like not play, like like if I went back on it now, looking at it, I don't I don't I don't know what I would do with my free time. So, just, the, so that, I mean that that summer, right? I'm gonna assume, and I don't I don't know this. I think you answered my question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. I mean due to that, that injury, right, and kind of your quote, late decision, right, to, to, to maybe play lacrosse to the next level, I'm yeah. going to assume there weren't a bunch of coaches beating down your door at that point, right? No, not not from anywhere. I was like, oh, I have to go here. Like, this is like my dream school. Yeah. And it was all kind of like D2, D3, stuff like that. And I was like, well, I might as well give it a shot, see what I can do. Because so I knew my grades weren't going to be good enough to get into schools like Texas A&M or Texas University of Texas. So, so those are kind of like the two schools that I was like, well, if I get in. Because I kind of had this thing with my parents where I was like, well, I'm going to say that I'm going to go play college across. But if I get into Texas A&M or get into UT, then I'm going to go there instead. So it's pretty crazy how that ended up playing out because at the – there was like a day before like the deadline was due for the, your applications for those schools. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to put it in. I'm just going to go ahead and rock with what I got. Really? Yeah. So did, Oh shoot. I had a really good question. I didn't write it down because I was listening to you. Now I've forgotten it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here for a split second while I try to remember it. Go for it. <laughs> Damn it. It was juicy, too. Um, so that summer, when you, did you find yourself... You, I th again, I think you mentioned it, right? But I'm, I'm curious about the mechanics of it. You had mentioned that you were sending your film out to coaches, right? Were these coaches that had reached out to you, or were you initiating with coach contact with coaches at schools that hadn't necessarily reached out to you? Right, cold calling the coaches there, sending them film. How how did that, you know, that campaign work for you that summer? Well, it was it was really a little bit of both. I mean, I mean, it was it was a mix of interest that I already had from playing in the previous summers, playing in the playing in the winter that year, and then but like when I when I came back and played in those winter tournaments, I still had so much weight weight on me from football. Like I was probably playing football at around 240 pounds and then I try to drop that weight back down to like 210 so I was trying I was in the process of trying to lose like 30 pounds over those winter circuits so I was big I was like because I played offensive line in high school so what so did you get to play any of the cross that summer at all 
Or no, not at all. Uh, I wow. could have gone to, I could have gone to T99, but the doctor was like, you could play, but you have a good chance of hurting yourself more. And I was like, okay, well, I guess then I just won't play, and I'll just, I'll get surgery, and then I guess just kind of bite the bullet. So. So what role did, um, you know, I, I think back at, you know, Birmingham Southern each summer, they would host a, you know, a D3 and a, and a D1, you know, camp where folks, you know, kids could come play for that weekend, right, and get some exposure. And then, and then there's also, you know, each individual school and each individual team hosts their own recruiting camps. Mm-hmm. Did those recruiting camps, did that recruiting camp circuit, did that play any role in, in your in your in your campaign it doesn't sound like just kind of sounds like the way the the you know the cards fell out you know between you know like i said maybe a relatively late decision and and then the injury that maybe that those opportunities didn't play any role at all for you yeah no for me actually no they didn't really at all so i mean if i could have not gone to any of the camps and i'd still be where i'm at today so what was the what was the role the coaches played again cuz cuz you you didn't have those opportunities and you didn't play that summer right what role did either your coaches at Houston Christian or your coaches at Stick Star or Third Coast what role did they have as you were trying to sort through schools and reach out to coaches um i don't know how much of a role they had i feel like at that point i wasn't going to like i wasn't going to practice or anything with them so it was kind of just me doing my own thing so I think it was mainly just me trying to collect film from past tournaments and from my past season just being like look this is all that I have I can't play this summer so I mean I wish I had more to like show you guys that like I can actually play at the next level but this is really all I got right now so then then like okay well can you come to this recruiting camp I'm like well no because obviously because I can't play Man, that's a bummer. That's I, I, I mean, I guess now that you mentioned it, right, I, 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 re- I remember this injury, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, probably at the time not realizing the impact and, 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 and not recalling, I mean, that, that, was a, that was a critical time, right? And, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, all, all these questions and everything we've discussed, it's like, man, at every turn there were, there were just, the cards were stacked against you. And, uh, Man, you just kind of kept soldiering on, right? That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good story, man. I love it. So, yeah. So, how did you end up getting in touch with Coach Ward at Florida Southern? How how did that happen? I mean, I was just kind of. I know I didn't really want to go play up north because I wasn't really going to be. I I don't like the cold, frankly. Where I am and Florida and Houston are pretty similar weather-wise, so I was kind of like, well, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and send send a couple emails over there, and then we talked, I went, I actually visited campus, and I was like, yeah, this is kind of nice, this would be cool to go to, and then I just ended up committing after that, so. So, what, uh, you're probably the wrong person to ask this question, it's probably your coach, but I'll ask you anyway, what, what did the, given all those circumstances you just described, right, what made Coach Ward, you know, quote, take a flyer on you, right? I mean, he, he, you had that summer where you hadn't played, right? You had this injury. 
right? I mean, what what motivated him, right, to to say, man, Carson, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to take a flyer on you. What 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 was it? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. So when were there at that point? I mean, you 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 made it sound like you reached out to Coach Ward, right? You, and you made that decision, and and that all happened. It sounds like relatively quickly. Is that is that accurate? Uh, I kind of sat on it. I got it kind of like at the beginning of the summer. So I, it wasn't like I was dead in the water at the beginning, and I just started shooting out emails. It was kind of something that I that I thought about doing for a little bit. So I sat on it over the summer, like like I said when I was contemplating. I was like, do I really want to play? Is it, is it is it even worth it? Like I don't want to have to go get another knee surgery. And then at the end of the year, it was probably I think it was during two it is for football. I was like, sure, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So when you and at that point, it's, I think you mentioned you had already taken a visit there, right? Yeah. I went out for like one of like the schools, the schools, whatever you want to call it, days, where they like show like prospective students around and stuff. And I was like, you know, what? this is nice. So I just kind of did it. I mean, yeah. I sat on it for probably a month and a half, two months after that. And was like, was All you, right, let's do it. Did you did you sit on it because there were you know other options or potentially other options, or you you were just kind of sitting on it on 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 the decision period? I was just sitting on the decision period. I mean, at that point, there really wasn't much options. Like, it was it was pretty much here. Or I think Birmingham Southern was pretty much my only other option. Gotcha. So once you – I'm going to fast forward to your, your, your freshman year when you landed on campus, right? Um, what oh, was, well, yeah. My oh, headphone just died. Oh. I can hear you. Got, got the echo back? No, I think we're all right. Maybe the dead headphones help. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll charge on. Um, so I'm going to fast forward to your, you know, you landing on campus at Florida Southern, right? You know, what, what, what was the, the, the biggest thing that hit you, in your, hit you in the face that freshman year when you landed on campus, right? The biggest difference from high school, whether it was – athletic or in the classroom or socially what was, what was the thing that just smacked you in the face initially it was probably just being by yourself honestly just like there's you don't really i don't want to say you don't have rules but like you don't have like you when, when you wake up you don't have like breakfast ready for you and then you go to school and then you have lunch and then you have dinner and then you go to bed again it's kind of like you can do any one of those things whenever you want so for me it was kind of just it was the the getting out of the normalcy of the schedule. Did the at some point did the the team and the coaching staff kick in and, and put that structure around you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, once once we actually started like playing lacrosse, it was fine. It was like it was normal for me again. So once that once that started happening, it was it was pretty much back to normal. I never really skipped to be with anything. The uh, that that freshman year, that most of your teammates were they. I, I don't know anything about the Florida Southern team. Are a lot of those boys at that point? Were a lot of those boys local boys from Florida, or were there a lot of kids coming from all over the country? Right? I mean, what, 
I mean, we were literally, we were literally from all over, all over the country. Gotcha. So that there wasn't like a, you know, a, a clique of local boys or Florida boys or anything like that. It sounds like that, like you said, there were kids from all over, right? Yeah, pretty much all over. So what was the, the, the period leading up to that, that first fall season, right? You know, the, the, I assume there were captains practices and captains workouts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how did those practices and workouts go and how were they different than what you had been doing either with your high school or with your, your travel teams? I mean, they're, they're just a lot more structured, really. I mean, we'd go in, we'd have a practice plan. We'd know the practice plan before we got there. We'd do it and we'd get out of there. It was pretty straightforward. Did you find I, that the were, were the the practices? I, I'm willing to bet most people think the practices were these these big long ordeals. But did you find that the practices were sufficiently organized and documented that y'all were y'all were in and out pretty quick and they were pretty efficient affairs? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, were they were they just from a, a time perspective longer or shorter than your high school practices? Or do you remember? I mean, they were longer, but. They were longer, but there was more. There was more of a structure to it, so I don't think it was as. It didn't feel like it was as long because you're always doing something. You're never. There's not a lot of downtime in it. So even those, those, uh, those captains' practices and those captains' workouts that fall leading into the you know the the, the fall, formal fall practice schedule, even those workouts and practices, they were they were structured, right? They weren't unstructured events. Even just those simple captains' workouts, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't really even have a lot of that because we're not like Division Three where we have a certain amount of time that we can practice in the fall. We can practice as much, or not as much as we want all fall, but we've got like two months for fall ball, and then after that, it's just kind of it kind of tones down a little bit. But I mean, we're still practicing a couple times a week with workouts and conditioning. So how how early that that freshman fall did the were the coaches involved then? I mean, were they were they or were they involved in the practices from the get go, or were the, or were the were there really, you know, coaches or uh, captains practices? Probably two weeks in. Oh wow, yeah, that's a big difference, right? From like D three, where it's it's pretty tightly regulated, right? The number of hours they can have that fall. Yeah, I mean, we have we just get more hours technically than D three, but yeah, so we're pretty much as soon as we get here, we're ready to go. Wow. So when you got into that first regular season that spring, right? Mm-hmm. Did uh, I'm I'm interested because of that you've reminded me of some of these differences between the divisions. So that 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 fall, right? You had, you know, longer and more practices with coaches, right? So when you headed into that spring, was the spring, do you think, not as big a deal because of that coach involvement in the fall? Or was the spring still an entirely different creature altogether? I think for me, the spring was just another day at the job. I mean, it was really just, I was ready to go as soon as I got back from January because I knew what I was going to expect. I knew what was going to happen. What was the, that first spring, what was the schedule like? I mean, just kind of the, the day-to-day, what did your schedule look like? I mean, in preseason, we're pretty much going six days a week, and then we get our we get our one day off, and then we're back at it. And then we towards the end of January, we'll start playing the scrimmages, and then after that, we're pretty much right on to uh, right on to games. And then once we once we get in games, obviously it tones down a little bit, 
because we're more focused on winning and playing games, actually. All right. Did... Again, I forgot my question I was going to ask. Damn it, that's the second time I'm getting old. Um, that first spring, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious how the coaches organized the team. Did, did the coaches tell you, hey, here's when we're having practices and organize your classes around that? Or did they kind of organize their practices around however the schedule panned out with the boys? No, we kind of block. We we have like a little certain like block of time that's blocked out for us, and that's always how it's been. They're like we know when we're going to practice, so it's like we have this, and then so make your classes around this, which is pretty easy. I mean, obviously if you can't, you can miss a practice. It's not a big deal. But was did they have that same uh, approach in in the fall as well? Where in the, in, the, in the fall they tell you, hey, here's here's when we're practicing. Oh wow! So they did that fall and spring. Oh wow! Okay, that's different too, right? When I was talking to the uh, the Langham Creek crew at Southwestern, right, they were talking about in the fall the coaches kind of worked around their schedule, right? Yeah. And again, we're talking about D three, but you know that the the coaches would work around their schedule. But your experience was the coaches gave you, hey, this is the block of time in the fall and in the spring when when we work together and practice as a team, right? Yeah. When I went and made my classes freshman year, they pretty much told us. This is the time that you're practicing. Make your stuff around it. So what was the um, – we didn't talk a whole lot about a lot of cultural stuff in high school, right? We touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Stickstar in particular. But, you know, when you got off to school, right, what was the – what was the, the what was the culture at, at, at Florida Southern or what is the culture at Florida Southern? And how does – I mean, is there a – like a, a curriculum, like a leadership curriculum, or, or, or is there, you know, a program that y'all follow as it specifically as it relates to culture, right? How, how formal is that, that cultural aspect? I mean, I don't know if I would say that it's necessarily formal. I think it's just understood by everybody that's on the team, if that makes sense. Everybody knows what we're here to do. Everybody's bought into it. And it's just like nobody, I mean, people, People that play like lacrosse in high school, they're like, oh, yeah, like I'll try it. Like all my friends play. But if you come and play in college, you're like, okay, like I've played this for a while. Obviously, I want to keep doing this. Like if this is how we do it, then this is how we do it. So there's really not a, you know, like, like a program, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't know if organic's the right word, right? But it doesn't sound like it's, it's, it's something that's formally implemented. It sounds like that's, it's something that's pretty natural and organic as a result of the coaching staff. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, everybody just kind of expects it out of each other in my experience. So when, when did you get comfortable from a lacrosse perspective, right? I'm going to assume it was not your freshman year. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. But you you know, you're heading into your senior year somewhere in between here and there, right. You, You got, you got comfortable with the lacrosse aspects of this, right. When did that happen? Probably not until, I mean, I didn't play a lot my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I kind of got thrown into the fire. And then I ended up having a good first game. And then I ended up actually going back to attack and playing there the entire the rest of the year. So once I, once I settled in and once I scored my first goal, I think that that was probably like, okay, like now I'm here, like now I'm ready to go. So what, there's, there's so many Texas boys – 
that, you know, after that freshman year, they, they come home, right? Mm-hmm. They, they play that freshman year, and or maybe part of the problem is they didn't play that freshman year. I don't know. Um, but, but they end up coming back to the house, right? So, you know, you admitted that freshman year, you didn't see a whole lot of playing time. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious at the end of that freshman year, what was different about you, right? What was, what was different about kind of what was in your, your head and what were you thinking that said, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, didn't play a whole lot, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the long haul, right? It's not even going to cross my mind to come home, right? What, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously, I think everybody thinks about going home, going to a school that's obviously closer to home. But, I mean, for me, it's like I knew, I was like, okay, well, I think I, I definitely think that I'm going to be able to get some playing time eventually here, so I might as well just stick it out. I mean, I've made, when you're with guys every single day for, I think in the fall, it's like 20 hours a week. And when you're with, when you're with a group of guys that much, I think it just, kind of sticks with you that like all right if they're staying then i'm gonna stay and do it with them was there was there very much attrition after that freshman year i mean obviously there's always attrition i mean because some kids some kids in my experience i'd say they don't know like if they actually want to play and then they're like you know what yeah i'll do it which i mean kind of is like the way that i was but then i ended up loving it and then some kids come and they're like all right well this isn't what i want to do at all and they leave in my experience, at least. So. Or they come and then they realize that it's more of an investment than they thought it would be. And then they're like, well, I don't want to put this much time into this. And then they leave. Yeah, but you're right next to the beach, right? <laughs> hour, <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> so, do you, you know, now you're in between your, you know, let's say we're in between your junior, you know, leading into your senior year. You know, you feel like you've kind of got this figured out, so to speak, right? Despite the fact that you feel like you've kind of got it figured out, do you, do you still see room for improvement, right? And do you still find yourself finding ways to improve even leading into your senior year? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's things that I need to do better. I need to obviously always just try to keep getting faster and stronger. I definitely don't need to get any bigger. But I could probably go, I could probably lose a couple pounds, but you know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? That's awesome. So you're, uh, if you if you really if you really buy into something, I don't think there's really any point at which you can you could stop improving. I think most people stop getting better when they're saying, "All right, well, obviously I'm not gonna get." kind of been like this is what I've been doing I mean I put what if I started playing in third grade it's 13 14 years of lacrosse right so it's like at this point why would I do the past 13 years just to quit in the second half of the 14th yeah yeah yeah. what um so your your brother's there with you now yep is that a good thing or a bad thing I love it I love playing with Ian it's, it's a good time did it in high school and it was fun. Just decided we'd meet back up and do it again. <laughs> so it's been on the has it been to separate the two, right? Has it has it been a good or bad thing from an academic perspective and or a good or bad thing from a lacrosse perspective? Being with my brother? Yeah. 
I mean, has it helped or I hurt? Think been, I think it's been good on both ends. I mean, obviously, I've been here a little bit longer. I know how things kind of work. So if he ever needs help with anything, I can give him advice on that. Not even if it's just something as simple as like, hey, do I take this professor or do I take this professor? Something like that. And it's always good to it's always good to have family close to you. I love that part about it too. Have you So when when he was trying to make that decision, right, where where to go to school, where to where to play lacrosse, right? You know, what questions did he ask you about Florida Southern and and, and, and what, what did you try to make sure he understood about Florida Southern before he made a decision? I mean, pretty much anybody that asks about it, I'm like, well, if you want to come here, like, uh, or any, not even just here, but just college across in general, whether it's NCLA, NAIA, or NCAA, you're always going to be investing time. And it's probably going to be more time than you did in high school, maybe not so much MCLA. But I know pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to put in long hours and you're always going to be striving to get better because every single day you go out there, someone's trying to take your job. And what, I mean, was there, was there anything that, that specifically that Ian asked you while he was, um, I mean, I, I'm curious what, I'm, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling around, but I'm just curious, you know, what interested him about Florida Southern, but then I'm more interested in, you know, how you answered those questions or concerns that, that he had based on your experience, right? I mean, Ian's, Ian's kind of a kind of a quieter kid, and I mean, I always came home and talked about lacrosse, so I always just assumed that he understood like what, what it was. He, need, I th- he knew what he was getting into when he came, and I think that's, one of, that, I think that's a big reason that he's going to stay too, just because he was expecting it. And I mean, obviously, you can never know what it is until you actually do it. But I think for him, I mean, we loved playing together when we were in high school. And he was like, well, I mean, there's only what, what there's only one year left that we could ever do it again at an organized level. Right. Unless we both in some way make professional. But what so you think that um, that, you know, you being there played a role in his decision? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the coaching staff there, what, what is the difference in your interaction between the head coaches and the, and the position coaches? I mean, do you, do you find yourself interacting with coach Ward a lot? And if so, what, what are you interacting with him on? Is it X's and O's? Is it cultural stuff? And what are your interactions like with your position coaches? I mean, really they're, I would say pretty much they're all the same. It's, I don't want to say it's all business all the time, but I mean, 99% of the time when I'm talking to him, it's about something lacrosse related. Cool. All right. This is the, always the part where I go, man, we've been doing this for almost an hour and a half. And this time always flies by. Yeah. And I know it's late there for you. So I apologize, but I'm glad we did it. Um, these are always a blast, man. It's, it's always fun to sit down and just intentionally talk to somebody about a single topic for an hour or an hour and a half. Um, you know, is there anything about your college experience specifically that you, you wanted to touch on or, 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 you know, that would be useful you think to folks or, or have we pretty much covered everything? I mean, I think if you, 
looking back on it, I know I was hesitant about it in high school, but then like thinking about it now, it's like, well, how many kids in whatever sport you're playing can actually go and say that they did it at a college level? So I think that's always something cool. And then you talk to people that are that are like, oh yeah, well I could have I could have gone and played somewhere, and then they're like, yeah, and like one of the biggest regrets that I have is like, I mean, like what if I went? Right. Like, what if it? What if I went and played college baseball? What if I went and played college football? Even if it, even if it was at a D two or D three level. So I mean, I think if if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing it, I think you should do it because. I mean, really, how many how many of your friends can say that they did it? I think in my direct friend group from home, me and one other person did it out of 15 kids. And out of those 15 kids, eight or nine of them probably could have. And don't get me wrong, they're having a great time where they are, but who knows? There's always the what if. I hate saying that. I hate saying what if, but. Yeah, you know what's great about the, the fact that you mentioned it like and explained that the way you did was, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that, that your experience, right, you, you, you faced a lot of obstacles in high school, um, you know, whether the, the, the timing of that injury, right, was just unbelievable, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, those would have all been, especially that, that would have been very easy for you to just say, you know what, I'm done, right? I'm not going to do this, right? And then you would have been stuck in that spot you know, probably right about this time in your life where you'd have been thinking, man, what if, right? But, yeah. you know, you had the, 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 the foresight and, you know, the, the intentional fortitude, so to speak, right, to, to push through that injury, right, and really go, and, and, and man, you, based on what you, you, you know, your story, right, you went out and really scratched out an opportunity for yourself, man. It would have been really easy because of the timing of that injury not to do that. Right. Yeah. But, but you really went out and made that opportunity for yourself to avoid, right. That, that question that you just asked, right. What if, right. <laughs> it's an awesome story. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, like even talking to like, not just my friends, but like even some of like my dad's friends and stuff, they're just like, yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, I would have loved to have been able to play sports for longer than I could have. Cause you, I mean, you can always go out and party and do whatever, until you're as old as you want to be but how old can you really be when you want to say like oh i'm gonna go you can't play organized sports unless you're a professional till probably after college really yeah i mean after college is you hit the beer leagues and then <laughs> well and and I, I i try to tell people you know we hear folks a lot of times say you know make sure you you don't make a choice about a school because of lacrosse or sports or make sure you choose a school that you would go to if you didn't have lacrosse or sports. And that, I mean, that, that's a valuable perspective, but I also think making a choice about a school and having one of the considerations be athletics is a valid, right? Cause to your point, yeah. you only get to do this once, man. It's not like you can go back in eight years and try this again. That's not really how it works. Right. So, you know, when, when you're, when you're weighing colleges and, and, you know, you know, my son, I think he had five attributes of a, of a college, right. That he considered. Right. And, you know, the last one was, you know, if you have an opportunity to play athletics, right. That was, that was going to factor in and it's valid that that factors in, man, because you only get to do it once. man. So yeah, that's a great perspective. I appreciate that. Yeah. No yeah. All right. 